Hi there, welcome to this bonus episode of Channel Chat. I'm your host, Amity Shedd, and today, grain marketing expert Matt Bennett and I will kind of be debriefing and digesting the August USDA supply and demand report that was released earlier today. Uh, Matt, let's start off with what jumped out to you the most about this report. You know, the thing that jumped out to me most about the report is uh, essentially you raised corn production significantly. Uh, first of all, you know, whenever it comes to corn, most producers were expecting for yield to come down and for planted and harvested acres to come down. And so the USDA essentially raised planted and harvested acres, uh, raised the yield, uh, you know, and, and so obviously for corn, it was a, a definitely a bearish report. Uh, that was probably the most uh, surprising thing for me. And then whenever I see you know, the soybean report, uh, to me, was also uh, a bit of a head-scratcher. Now, they did lower planted acres for soybeans, which I would agree with. Uh, but the thing that surprised me about soybeans is they kept the yield at a 48.5 yield. For me, that's a really tough thing to believe, given the fact that we planted this soybean crop so late. Uh, to think that we're only going to be three and a half bushels per acre below last year's record 52 bushel yield uh, is something that I really find hard to believe. Right. Matt, there's a lot of question when it comes to prevent plant acres. How do those play into this report? You know, prevent plant acres are definitely historic. Whenever you look at prevent plant acres in totality amongst all crops, we are looking at 19.2 million acres. As far as corn is concerned, you're looking at 11.2 million acres of corn, soybeans, 4.35 million acres of beans. Now, we do know the producers knew that they would get a much better payout for prevent plant corn and prevent plant soybeans, but we also know that they couldn't turn in more prevent plant corn and planted corn acres than what they had last year. And so the bottom line here is that uh, prevent plant corn acres were just astronomically higher than anything we've ever seen. But whenever it all gets boiled down to it, the USDA is still suggesting that we planted 90 million acres of soybeans. So uh, I think it's a little bit interesting. One thing you got to remember about prevent plant acres is that typically when they first get uh, published, they continue to get bigger. So uh, more of those continue to get reported as you go throughout the year. Uh, and so August would be 11.2. Who knows what September is going to be? Who knows what October is going to be? But there's no question that they're going to end up growing from where we are currently uh, if we do anything like we've done uh, previously. Right. And can you shed some light on the numbers? Does this all add up? Does it make sense to you? I've seen a lot of negative reaction on Twitter. Um, what What are your thoughts on that? Well, typically you get a negative reaction from Twitter. You see a, a negative reaction from producers. And I'm, I'm going to tell you that I don't necessarily agree, uh, you know, with, with what we saw today. I think that it it was certainly, uh, you know, the type of report that um, you you want to forget, you know, uh, because most producers, uh, again, were, were thinking, uh, given the kind of weather that we had this year, it would be really tough to make the assumption that we would have similar production uh, to what we've seen here in the last year or two. Uh, but then the USDA comes to us and says, you know, as far as this U.S. Uh, corn and soybean crop are concerned, we're still looking at rather large crops. 
and, and, and it's pretty tough to, to sit here and, and agree with that. Now, as far as the producer's perspective goes, uh, we have to remember that the August report typically is not one uh, in which we've had a whole lot of luck in the past. Uh, uh, producers have, have been coming into that report thinking that the crop wasn't near as big as what, uh, you know, it might have ended up being. And so, um, you know, the August report historically hasn't been a bullish report. And so, you know, we got to re- keep those things in the back of our head. Um, that doesn't take the sting out of it by any stretch of the imagination. But uh, for right now, I would say uh, we've got to remember that we're very early in the marketing year. Um, you know, as far as uh, total production goes, it's probably going to come down. We've got to assume that uh, harvested acres are going to continue to come lower as prevent plant growth. Uh, and then as far as yields concerned, it's still early in the game, but uh, bottom line is when you plant this corn crop and soybean crop uh, historically later than what we typically do, it's going to be really hard to get a firm handle on yields. And I think the USDA may have been a bit uh, overly uh, overly friendly to those numbers or unfriendly as far as the farmer's concerned today. Right. And when we're talking about the farmers, I mean, this has obviously been a really tough and turbulent season. And this report that was released this morning doesn't help them feel any better about it. So where do we go from here? What do we do from here? Yeah, that's a, that's a really, really good question. And there's no question that from the producer's perspective, uh, this was an ugly deal. It was significantly uh, just a nasty report for us to deal with. Um, you know, where does the producer go from here? Well, the first thing you got to remember is that Again, this is really early in the marketing year. Uh, the producers that made the most money selling their 2018 crop uh, that was produced last year uh, were the guys that waited until and gals that waited, you know, until the middle of the summer of 2019. And so uh, you have a long marketing window. Um, I know that a lot of producers have, have felt like they wanted to uh, hold off on making sales until they knew more about their crop, given the uncertainty that we've seen here this year. Uh, but at the same time, uh, there's no uh, no big secret that most producers, uh, you know, are a little bit more cash strapped after having three or four really tough income years. And so, uh, if they've held off on sales now, a lot of a lot of these guys and gals may feel uh, definitely handcuffed. Whether we're talking about uh, whether we're talking about uh, old corn or new corn uh, uh, <clears throat> sales, so I know a lot of producers are still holding on to cash corn. Uh, they're hoping to see something happen here towards uh, uh, towards harvest time, especially given how late this crop is. Uh, most people, uh, I guess, were under the assumption that definitely had a lot of wet corn that was going to be coming to town this fall, and the elevator system was going to be wanting dry corn. So producers were really hoping to get that boost right there before harvest time. So yeah, it's very confusing. You know, where do we go from here? I think we have to keep our heads up and understand we're going to learn a whole lot more about this crop later. Uh, you know, it's going to take some time for us to get a true handle on what total production is going to be. Uh, but by any, <clears throat> but by any means, I don't want to get scared into making a bad marketing decision just because the market's down right now. I got to remember that I've got quite a bit of time left to get this uh, crop harvested and uh, marketed. Right. And for those farmers and producers that are feeling the sting a little bit more than others, what's one piece of advice you can offer them after they see this report today? You know, I think, uh, you know, as we get into harvest, we've got to remember that uh, we want to watch some some cues that the market is telling us. And so typically, whenever the market uh, gets to where they want corn more now than later, then you won't see near the spread from, for instance, December to uh, like July corn. Right now, December to July corn is 20 cents. A lot of times you'll see a much bigger spread. Uh, this year, it looks like the market, though, is going to want those bushels maybe earlier in the year rather than later. 
So, I, you know, as a producer who's really frustrated with what's going on, I want to watch the cues as to what the basis is telling me, what the cash market's telling me, and just try to go back to marketing one-on-one type lessons. And if they need help, uh, there's people like me in the industry and others that, uh, you know, are really good at helping producers try to figure out a best way to maximize their profit margins and minimize risk. Because uh, in a market environment like this, uh, the number one thing we need to remember to do is to minimize our risk as much as possible. It sounds like it's going to be a pretty busy day for you. Yeah, I mean, it, it's certainly uh, a challenge, you know, right now. But uh, again, you know, market volatility is a good thing. Lots of times whenever we sit around here and the markets don't move any over, uh, you know, a couple, three weeks, it's, uh, it's, it's frustrating for producers. They like to see a little bit of market action. I know they don't want to see this today, but hopefully we'll be able to get a little bit more light shed on this later on down the road. And maybe we'll see, uh, you know, some days like this on the other side of the coin. Okay. Well, thanks, Matt, for joining us today. Is there anything else you'd like to add? No, just we just got to keep our heads up. I know it's frustrating and it's, um, you know, I hope that uh, the producers that are listening to this get an opportunity to, uh, you know, maybe catch some much needed rain. I know in our part of the world, it's extremely dry. So, you know, it's especially tough on a producer that uh, seeing these markets uh, whenever the weather stinks. So hopefully we'll get some good weather going into harvest and maybe we'll get a little bounce in the market at some point. 